Have you ever had a time when you said something, and as soon as you said it, you wanted to take it back? I have. It was the day that I looked at a neighborhood friend, and I said, you are a liar. Let me tell you about it. So I was in seventh grade, and I was hanging out with a couple of my friends at her house, and this other friend came riding her bike really, really fast, and she's like, guys, I have something to tell you. So she proceeded to tell us that that weekend, she and her parents had been in Chicago. And as they were walking down the street, this guy came up to her and said, you have the potential to be a model. And so the guy gave her a business card and then says, call me, and continued walking on. So that next morning, her and her parents apparently got up and they called the guy and said, hey, my daughter does want to be a model. Let's meet with you. So as they were meeting, they proceeded to supposedly take pictures of her and write a contract with her. And this was going to begin her modeling career. She was 13 years old. And uh, <laughs> she was going to be in the Sports Illustrated. And then after that, she was going to be in the JCPenney catalog. I'm sure you're thinking the same thing I was at that time, because in seventh grade, I was thinking everything that is up here needs to come out of my mouth. And well, I proceeded to think about how I needed to tell this girl that she was a big fat liar. So I looked at her and I just heard the words come out of my mouth. You are such a liar. Come on, there's no way you are going to be in the Sports Illustrated magazine at the age of 13. Stop lying. Come on. Now, as time unfroze, <laughs> and my friends and I took off running and started hiding for the next two hours in the garage for fear that my face was going to be rearranged, I started to think, you know, Anne, <laughs> everything that is up here does not need to come out of your mouth. Well, <laughs> now, this for me was a story that happened in seventh grade. And there has been numerous times where I've had the same thought. But maybe you guys can relate. Maybe you said something last week, or maybe last night, or maybe in the last hour on your way to church. So let me ask you this again. Has there ever been a time when you said something and as soon as it came out of your mouth, you wanted to take it back? I'm sure most of us can relate with that. Well, this summer, we've been studying the book of James, and the author wrote this letter to remind Christians how important it is for our actions and our deeds to authenticate our faith. This book is packed with a bunch of punches. I'm sure you've been feeling it. Because it makes us stop and ask ourselves, am I living an authentic faith or counterfeit faith? Today, we're going to continue our study in James as we go head to head with another zinger of a topic, taming our tongues. Well, James is warning us that we need to be aware of the words and the actions as we express, or that we express, because we, they're the direct reflection of our authentic faith. Today we're going to be looking in James chapter 3, 2 through 5. So let's start with verse 2. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, 
He is a mature man who is also able to control his whole body. So right out of the gates, James is using this verse to call out the tension with the basic statement of, we all stumble. We've all stumbled, right? This is a relief for me because this verse gives me a lot of grace. I know that I have and I will continue to stumble on my words from time to time because I am a work in progress. Each and every day I work to control my speech. Actually, a few weeks ago, the Monday after Mother's Day, I got pulled over for driving too fast. And as this female police officer was telling me that she was going to give me a citation and then proceeded to come back to my car and give me that said citation, she handed it to me and then said, have a safe day, and then proceeded back to her car. And as she was walking away, I had to fight every urge of my body to not say, happy Mother's Day to you too. Yeah, like I said, I am a work in progress. Well, let's keep digging here. So when I read this verse, the chat, uh, verse two, that everybody stumbles, it makes me feel a little relieved that I am, I don't have to be perfect, which is the second part of this verse. And it says that if you have learned to control your speech and body, you no longer have to listen to this sermon. No. This verse is telling us that we will stumble, but the goal is to become mature and authentic, able to control your whole body. So on, verse, on to verse 3, it says, Now when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we also guide the whole animal. So I lived in Iowa right after college for a few years. And um, while I lived there, I met this guy named uh, Frank. So now I affectionately call him Farmer Frank. And he knew that I loved horses. I just love everything about them. And so he took a lot of time to teach me all about horses. He taught me how to train them, how to take care of them. And I just loved everything. Well, as I was learning about training horses, um, the one thing that started to intrigue me and still intrigues me today is the use of a bridle to control the movements of the horse. So this is a simple bridle. It's made of metal and of leather. And this simple little thing is used to control and communicate a horse, communicate with the horse. So the trainer uses this bridle to communicate different things to the horse. This metal piece it rests between the teeth and the gums of the horse. And it's placed in there simply so that the trainer can then use these reins to be able to control the movements of the, the horse. So simply put, this bridle is used to communicate the, the movements between the trainer and the horse. This bridle controls a 600-pound wild beast. Think about that for a second. It's crazy. James uses this metaphor of a horse and a bridle to instruct that we too need to control our natural desires and words. But first we need to train ourselves and listen to the cues and movements of our bodies. Think about it like this. When someone says something to you that you don't like or that you disagree with, what happens? Right, you get mad. 
or you laugh, or you cry, or you stay silent. These feelings can lead us to action. You can either say something or do something that will help you feel different, which is the fulfillment of the natural desires of your body. We all witnessed this at the Oscars with Will Smith and Chris Rock. Chris said something, and, well, Will did not agree with it. <laughs> and Will went through this exact same cycle. He had a reaction that was anger and then had to choose if he was going to do something or say something. And in Will's case, he chose to do both. And we all know that Will's natural wild beast was not tamed that evening. When we learn to bridle our words by listening to the cues and movements of our, and desires, we begin to control our whole bodies, which will begin to help us reveal our authentic faith. Let's move on to verse four. And consider ships. Though very large and driven by fierce winds, we are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. Again, James is using a metaphor to help us understand that our tongue and our, desire, and our desires more. This time, he suggests that even though the ship is massive and the, it is guided by a very small rudder, the effectiveness of this instrument is what matters most. The pilot that is directing the ship is very important. In fact, the pilot needs to know where the ship is going to be going why they're going there, and what the best route is to get there. If those things are not known, then directing the ship is not going to be effective. The same is true for our words. If we don't know why we're about to say something, or what the possible end result is of saying those words, or how we best could say what we want to say, then our words are also not going to be effective either. Recently, my six-year-old daughter, she told me that she hated me. Yeah, it hurt. But when I asked her why she said she hated me, she said it's because I didn't let her watch the video on my phone. Well, she had no concept of why she said that to me. She didn't know what the possible end result of saying that to me was going to be. And she definitely did not pick the best way of telling me that, right? She is a six-year-old child. She was acting like a child. But you and me, we can use our words different, and we can be more effective. James is trying to drive home this point, that our faith will be revealed by what we say, that one believes, what one believes in their heart will be revealed by what the person says. My mom always said, garbage in, garbage out, right? You've probably heard that before. Me? If I have garbage in my heart, it comes out of my mouth. Thinking back to my opening story, if I had simply just listened to my neighborhood friend's extravagant story and maybe asked why I was really wanting to call her a liar, maybe do a little self-reflection and see what in the world is really happening, maybe I would have asked her um, to show me some pictures of what she took that weekend, or maybe asked to see the contract. I think that, that her story would have naturally proven to be um, discredited or fiction on its own. Instead, I came out with blazing fire, looking 
to make myself look better than her. My approach to this whole situation was certainly evidence of my then counterfeit faith. James wrote about the, sh about the ship's rudder because he wanted us to remember that even when, there is calm, when there's calm and when there's storms, the effectiveness of how we handle ourselves, choosing our words, is way more important than what we are saying because it helps to authenticate our faith. Let me say that one more time. Choosing our words is way more important than what we are saying because it helps to authenticate our faith. Let's dig into verse 5. So too, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how large a forest a small fire ignites. Fire can be used for good and it can be good, used for bad. It can be used to cook, to create, to warm, and many other things. But fire can also be horrible. We have seen it destroy homes, whole towns, habitats, and lives. James is using this metaphor to show that our words can do the same. How we choose to say, how and what we choose to say, can either inspire or cause despair. Knowing when to speak and when not to speak can cause a chain reaction, much like a great forest fire. Or it can keep things calm and contained and create an environment where everyone can feel safe, comfortable enough to slowly roast marshmallows. I like to think that there's two different types of people in this metaphor. There's a flamethrower. That's someone who doesn't care what they say or how they say it, but as long as those people now know what they think. And the second is like a campfire person. Somebody who can sit still and listen and be comfortable and calm as somebody talks to them. So let me ask you this. Are you a flamethrower person who just needs to put your opinions out there and you really don't care who or what you hurt? Or are you a safe person that someone can feel comfortable to talk to? Proverbs 18.21 says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. James is instructing us to be careful with the smallest part of our bodies, the tongue because it has the potential to cause great destruction. James 3.10 says, We praise the Lord and Father with it, and we curse men who are made in God's likeness with it. We just sang beautiful songs with the band up here. We're worshiping God in this beautiful place today. We're using our tongues to tell God how much we love him and how worthy he is. But then some of us, myself included sometimes, walk back into the workplace on Monday, and we use that same tongue to cause destruction with our coworkers, our friends, and our family. When we do that, we are not living an authentic life, an authentic faith. We are living in a very, very counterfeit faith. James is warning us to get control of our speech so that we can have a better impact on those around us. What we believe in our hearts will be revealed by what we speak. I personally have struggled um, to get control of my tongue my whole life. 
I've shared several stories so far. Um, but I've had moments where I have been a flamethrower, where to my husband and sadly also to my kids. But I've also had many, many, many times where I have had life-changing moments where I've sat with somebody and heard them and listened to them and gave them an opportunity to be heard because I've learned to control my tongue. But as I mentioned before, I am a work in progress. But what about you? Are you a work in progress? Or are you okay with the way you use your words? Over the years, I have tried to get better control of my words and my actions, and I've actually come up with some few tips and strategies that have really helped me. And I'd like to share them with you today um, as next steps. So there are four of them. Number one, be humble. Always admit when you are wrong or you misspeak. Sometimes that might require you to say, I'm sorry. Number two, be curious. Ask yourself, why are you feeling this way? Why do I need to respond the way that I want to respond? Sometimes it might be helpful for you to grab a devotional and really spend time with God asking for his guidance and asking him, is this an authentic faith that I am revealing here or is this a counterfeit faith that I'm revealing? You also need to listen to the cues and the movements of your body. For me, sometimes I just need to stop and recenter myself. I need to slow down and I need to just be refreshed because my inner life is out of whack. This fall, we're going to be doing a study on Sabbath and what it looks like to slow down and just be with God. Last week, Nick did a, said a beautiful message about that, being with God. And I encourage you, if you haven't heard that sermon, to go back and listen to that because it was wonderful and it will help you greatly. But this fall, a couple weeks from now, we're going to be studying about Sabbath and what that means. And I really encourage you to journey along with us for that. Three, let your words be few. Learn to pause before you speak. Ask, how can I say what I want to say in love? And ask, are my words speaking God's truth or the truth that I have made the truth? Number four, choose your impact. Ask yourself, how am I, how is what I'm about to say going to impact the kingdom of God? You can impact God, God's kingdom in a good way or a bad way. Or maybe it's time for you to just let your actions speak louder than words. Show everyone that you are ready to live an authentic faith once and for all by declaring that you are a follower of Jesus by getting baptized at Splash on August 28th. If you're interested in getting baptized, stop over here at the Connection um, tent after service today, and they'll help you get signed up for that. But let me reiterate those four things. Be humble. Be curious. Let your words be few, and then choose your impact. I hope that these next steps will help you on your journey to learning to control your words and actions. But I want to leave you with this last thought, or maybe a little bit of hope. 
learning to control your tongue is not something you are going to learn in a week, a month, or even a year. It's going to take you longer. But as you continue to grow and live and begin to use your authentic faith, you'll notice that you are becoming more and more mature every day by controlling your speech. The reason I was able to not yell that sarcastic remark to the police officer is because I have been working really hard to control my speech every single day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today, this beautiful place that we can come and worship you. Father, I just pray that we will go out of this place this week and we'll begin to live our authentic life by using our words and controlling our speech. In Jesus' name, amen. Next week, we are going to be back in the building for both 9 a.m. and 1045. So we hope that you have a fantastic week and we'll see you next week.